This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi guys and welcome back to your weekly Stoke City podcast, Every Step Along the Way. Now, we're going to look today at four away points that we've gained. Wigan's reaction on James McLean, any more transfer rumours, and we'll look ahead to hosting Nottingham Forest on Saturday. So, joining me again, uh, as per usual, we've got Mike, Michael Stockley here. How are you doing, Michael? Yeah, not bad, thanks, mate. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. Very happy with the, the, the mighty Potters at the minute. Have you Have your week been good? Uh, yeah, it's been good. I mean, obviously, we, we, we've got the luxury of recording this on a Wednesday. Obviously, when we play on a Tuesday, it's uh, it's always nice because it keeps it fresh. But I've been spending most of the day, to be honest. Um, the wife probably really quite annoyed with me because I've been spending most of my time listening to the YYY Files podcast and uh, the Second Tier Championship podcast as well. And then I watched the West Brom uh, Sheffield United game. So it's been a, a pretty full on football uh, evening, to be honest, mate. <laughs> I, I, I just keep checking the, the league table, and yeah, we, we were we were top two all day. I mean, <laughs> the results. I don't know why we've had to have other teams playing tonight. It's not good. It's just dropped us down a couple, but we've plenty of time to get back up there again. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll be top at the weekend, mate. Don't you worry. Yes, you like the, I sent you a little YouTube video really random to of what will be echoing around the ground this weekend. Yeah, we are top of the league. We'll definitely be having some of that. And uh, obviously, if we are, then we'll definitely have to slip that audio in next week to start the podcast, I think, mate. Yes, we'll definitely be recording that on Saturday, if that's if that occurs. So, yeah, hello to all listeners as well. Once again, you know, we supported us and tuned in. We've we've got some great figures last week. And, uh, you know, it really makes it... I mean, we really enjoy what we're doing here. We're really having a lot of fun and we're really enjoying it. But... To hear that you guys are listening as well, and you know that that makes it even more special for for me and Mike here. So yeah, thank you. Uh, interact with us as much as you can. It makes it our job even better when we can sort of interact back and then bring things into the pod as well. So if you haven't yet, you will find us on Twitter. It's at every step along. And obviously, if you search for every step along the way, you'll find us as well. We're on most po- most podcast sites. Uh, available, so make sure you follow us and get involved. You know, subscribe to this. Um, you know, we'll be landing every Friday morning for you, ready for you. You drive into work or whatever you do 
do on a Friday or you can say keepers, as we've said, you know, keepers back for Saturday for match day to get you up and ready. But yeah, I think we best uh, move on, aren't we? Yeah, so it was best cover off the Swansea game, which was uh, a very pleasant one. It was indeed. It was very, uh, I must say, I, I am a positive Stoke fan. I like to be positive, but that result surprised me last night. <laughs> it, really? It really did. Yeah, I did. I, I, to, when it was like 2 0, 3 0, I was thinking, wow. Because we, I think we've, we might have had a couple of good results there, but we've also had some howlers of performances, haven't we? I do sort of associate that as a really tough game, usually, and one we, we don't get much from. So, yeah, I was, um, I thought we played really, really well. It's really promising to see how this young side's coming together now. Yeah, I thought. I mean, to be fair, mate, I was making notes actually as I was going through the game. That this is how much prep we do for the for the podcast. We're even making notes during the match. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was making notes about different things, and I must admit, mate, um, Josh Timon once again, absolutely phenomenal, incredible. I mean, I did. I pulled him out versus uh, Reading, just saying about how. I think underappreciated he was during that game. Um, and last night, again, brilliant going forward. I mean, I, can't, I don't think anyone can fault him. And obviously, we'll come on to the man of the match uh, polls and stuff like that shortly. But for me, he is a really different player than the player that walked into this uh, stadium a couple of years ago. I mean, the whole team played incredibly well. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, and, and that's anything from defence, because obviously our defence looks formidable at the minute. Um, and, you know, we never really looked in danger. But, um, Timon for me was the clear standout last night. Yeah, definitely. And like Mark Hughes, I mean, he was only a young lad when Mark Hughes brought him in, wasn't he? But he couldn't really get a tune out of him. Um, Gary Rowan never really gave him a chance. And obviously Lambert didn't. But I didn't think he was going to throw him in at that point. Uh, obviously Nathan Jones, even couldn't. Uh, but Michael O'Neill, he just seems to be. Whatever's whether it's just the fact he's just matured and is at that age now where his game's just coming on, or whether it is something that O'Neill's been doing with him, whatever is happening, it's working. He, he's been fantastic so far in these opening few games. Probably and, uh, a combination, to be honest, mate. I mean, you know, he must be doing something in training uh, with Timon to to get him up for it because if he wasn't involved in him and he wasn't giving him any attention at all, then Timon probably just be rotting in the under twenty threes. So. I think we've got to give probably yeah. both Simon himself and O'Neill um, a good deal of credit for that. Yeah, I think um, I think if it were, if O'Neill hadn't come into this club, if, I don't I don't think Simon would be in. I would. I think. Oh, that's... and you can say that for Suter and probably a few others as well. To be honest. Yeah. Um, which is thank thank good thank goodness he did. <laughs> yeah, uh... absolutely, mate. And I think one thing I wanted to call out, if you don't mind, as well, because like I said earlier, I was I was looking at um the second tier podcast, and I think one thing they mentioned while we're talking about you know Suter and, and Co. Um, I mean they mentioned I think it was, was it Rob Dickey of QPR, I think it was. Um, so yeah. I think he's getting a humongous plaudits at the minute. Everyone was raving about him, and um, from what I've seen of him, which was not very much in fairness, he he has looked. Good quality, and I think they were saying they reckon he's probably the best defender in the in, in the division. Um, now, obviously, time will tell whether whether he is or not, of course. But uh, I suppose my only kind of comment on, on that side of things is, I think I'd rather a, a a good defensive unit rather than just one player we have to rely on because we know that when that person drops out, then again, it's the rest of the defense that's going to carry things through. So for me, I I mean, again, we're obviously wearing red and white tinted glasses, mate, but. For me, he 
sorry, not he, but we have a, a better defensive solidity to us than um, QPR seem to have. But, you know, hey, you know, we, we might just be going through a purple patch and they may end up being the worst defence in six months. So uh, let, let's see what happens. But um, I'm not sure if you've seen uh, Rob Dickey or not, mate. But, I mean, for me, Suter is probably every bit on par, as is maybe the likes of Ostergaard. So time will tell. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing I would say with that is, obviously, we've already lost Nathan Collins this window. If if everybody wants to big up um, Dickey at QPR, then feel free. Because if, if a Premier League club needs a, a centre-half late in this window and everybody's bigging him up and that's where they end up going, then they, I'm quite happy for that to happen. And we, I was, I, we know how good our three centre-halves are here. We can just keep them under the radar a bit. Obviously, um, Wilmot's only just joined and, and Ostergaard's on loan. So if anyone is going to leave, it would be Suter and we don't want that to happen. So, yeah, I'm quite happy for us to know how good they are and everyone else just to not quite notice yet. It's a matter of time, though, mate. If we keep winning, we won't go under the radar for very long, and that's. Um, I think that also then will put on some pressure onto O'Neill when we start having some bad results. But let's let's be honest, we're going to have some bad results. We aren't going to keep this up um, all season long, no matter how much we think we would love to. So I think the fans, when that time does come, just need to give him a bit of support. And a bit yeah, of and especially, I mean, talking about the defence there, especially just just even how they play. How that back three play, you know, and how they do bring the ball out. There is going to be times when they do get caught in possession. It's that's just the way it is. You just you just take it that the positive the positive way of doing it outweighs the negatives of the times you are caught, and you hope that you know the the, the goals and the attacks that you set up playing like that, you score more goals than you concede from mistakes. So, and like I say, what it is, when, when they do make a mistake, you've got to sort of take it on the chin and say, OK, yeah, that's that's going to happen every now and again. I'm not, you know, if the last thing they need is, because, you know, we, as we've sort of seen this week, it's been made, the point's been made, we've got, this is the youngest defence and that goalkeeper and three sand drives this club's ever had. The last thing they need is the fans on the back if they make a mistake when they've been lauded for playing the way that, that they are. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Forrest, I mean, that's, I mean, again, we'll get on to Forrest shortly, but um, that that's an interesting one because obviously we're all now expecting Stoke to beat Forrest. Any other result at the weekend is almost inconceivable. I mean, they, they've lost again tonight. I think they play three, lost three. So every Stoke fan, have they? Okay, so, I mean, yeah. there, there you go. There, there's another scenario where if we don't win... Hopefully the fans don't go too harsh on them, unless it's obviously a disastrous performance. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, a bit of patience if things don't quite go to plans needed. I think. Yes, definitely. I mean, I think like I said, the defence were great as well. As we were saying the wing backs, the wing backs were fantastic. We've mentioned time, and I think Tommy Smith as well as needs to mention. He he's been playing really consistently well started this season, and. Um, he looks like the player we thought we were buying from Huddersfield. It's taken a long time to get game, but I think this formation is it's because he he is a player who likes to get forward, doesn't he, down the wing, and um, and obviously he has got a good he has got a good delivery on him. So I think we, we're now seeing the best of Tommy Smith as well. So everything yeah. it, we, we look like we we we've had a good start, and the pieces especially at the back and that are all just fitting in nicely and it's 
let's hope we can just continue this for a few more weeks at least and get us um, like I say up there for I think if we're still up there 10 12 games in usually then you you're there for the long run aren't you yeah, I was going to say, Tom Smith, wasn't he a, a Mark Hughes signing, or have I imagined that? No, he was a Gary Rowett signing. Was Rowett, was he? he was I was going to show, doesn't it, that even, I know we're all kind of easy to jump on the bandwagon sometimes when new managers start, oh, we've signed all rubbish players, but when you think what O'Neill's done in a way as well, he's, you know, again, different players, he's got time and who, I think they said, Hughes brought in, and, um, you know, again, we've got Rowett, who... Who Smith brought in, it shows that it's probably more down to the capability of the manager then rather than them necessarily being bad players. The scouting team have probably found good players uh, or promising players, but the wrong manager um, has looked after them. So um, that's probably something that I hadn't actually given too much thought about, to be honest, until you've just uh, confirmed that it was a different manager. So, yeah, um, I mean, again, O'Neill is showing um, everyone up uh, previously for not playing the youth players now. Um, so long may it continue. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, if you look at, I mean, there, Tommy Smith, you're saying it's the it's the manager and that there's obviously putting getting the putting players in the team that develops that, that plays to our strengths. So obviously, Tommy Smith, he's like I say, he's got a good cross on him. In the last three years, has he been? Has he had the people in the box who were expecting him to put the balls in? You know, the, the good balls that he's been putting in during his career, he's been putting them balls into the box. Have we had the right strikers in there? You know, they know where the, the where that ball's going to play. If you look at his three assists this season, he's got two for Nick Powell and one for Sam Surridge. So that is players who you know upstairs are good at getting in the right place at the right time when the ball's coming in. Yeah, no, fair enough. It's, it's probably a combination of, of all the above, but I'm, I'm just really impressed to see some some good players now. Really, you know, I, I wasn't expecting too much from Tommy Smith. And I don't think most fans were, but you can't fault three assists. I think in any position across the pitch, in midfield or even a fellow strike partner, you'd take three assists in three games. So um, long may it continue. I still think we need cover there. Um, and again, I know we'll discuss transfers, but you know, I think we still definitely need cover. And there was a trialist, wasn't there, um, in, in the week as well, I think, for the under-23s. Uh, yeah. Which... People were joking was, um, what's his face we had before? Um Cuco Martina, everyone was joking oh, about it being him. I don't think I don't it was know. him. I'm pretty sure they were joking. I hope they were joking anyway. Um, I think he looked far too young to be honest to be uh, to be Cuco. But um, yeah, again, we need some cover because he's not going to play 50 games this season on his own. I think there must surely be somebody at the football club. If, if Michael O'Neill said, he'd say, "No, Michael, you've done wonders with Tommy Smith and Josh Timing. Cuco Martina would be a step too far. Don't take." <laughs> <laughs> just, just get. Say, we'll, we'll play blinking Joel on it, right? At right wing back, whatever. Just, just not Kuko. Uh, hey, he's, got really he's, he's got the energy for it. He's got the energy for it. But no, it's cool. So, in terms of obviously the standouts, I think we've definitely covered that. And I'd say that um, you know, again, we've we've always asked people, haven't we, to to get in touch with us around um, different bits of audio. Um, and uh, I think we've got an audio from a, a Stoke fan, if I'm not mistaken. I think. Yes, we have. Um... So he's actually somebody who's working very closely with us. Is Harvey? Um, he's he's sending this audio, but he's been doing he's been doing all our work um, on Twitter and stuff, and getting our graphics up. Anti, so he's he's part of our team here. Um, but out of, he, he was at the game on Tuesday. So this is what he thought. So all in all, Stoke played really well against Swansea. Um, we really showed off how well we can play as a team, uh, which we haven't we haven't really been able to do in recent seasons, like. 
Uh, it was always kind of seen very disjointed and passes weren't finding players. Uh, but against Swansea yesterday, it felt it felt like we were fluid as a team, and I think that's down to Michael O'Neill and bringing in the right the right characters and the right uh, the right players. Uh, we had a very good transfer window, which I think was kind of reflected in this. You could tell that we hadn't got that we hadn't got the weight of the players that that didn't we were only there for the money kind of thing. Uh, Swansea did a more possession than us, uh, but that didn't really matter because we created 16 chances uh, with 12 shots, which just showed that we weren't like Birmingham. We seemed to be kind of sitting back and playing for the draw, maybe. Um, but it didn't feel like we we're, were going for goals. And even after three goals, uh, there was a brilliant, well-worked team goal there, like Prime Barcelona. We passed it around the passing it around the pitch. And Surridge finished with a shot, and it just went over. Uh, it went over for a corner, and um, you know he looked so disappointed we didn't get that goal. And you, you could tell that it, even though we're three and up, he still wanted, still wanted more. Um, Powell put us one nil up with a Smith Smith assist. Um, I think both Smith and Timon played brilliantly yesterday. They they had a cracking game, and you can tell how they've improved, and they're kind of starting to fit the system. Um, Klukas always getting a goal against Swansea with assist from Surridge Surridge played outstanding as well he had a couple of good chances did manage to net one today uh, but I think we're going to see a lot more of him in the coming weeks and then finally Ostergaard uh, scored that corner which it was brilliant he looked, I think he's going to be one of them fan favourites one of them lone favourites that we're going to fall in love with him he's going to go and uh, it's going to be sad to see uh, but then it went 3-1 3-1 and only Stoke, only Stoke can make three-one lead in the last ten minutes feel like absolute hell. But uh, we got through it, and it's a credit to the fans because there was there wasn't many really, but it was a good good turnout for a what three four hour trip to Swansea on a on a weekday. Uh, but we were well sung, and um, it was brilliant for the away travel. I'd have to say my man of a match for yesterday would have probably been either Brown or Timon. I think both played incredibly well. I mean. Brown got the assist for Ostergaard's goal. Um, he didn't manage to score on, but you could tell. He, he reminds me very much of um, Tyrese Campbell when he was playing brilliantly before his injury, uh, which is really good to see because he kind of he was working and he was working hard. Um, and then Tymon as well. He was he was bombing it up and down up and down the wing, and it was brilliant defensively as well. It was very organised, and it was really good to see actually. Um, so either of them would get my man a match award. Um, next week we have got Forest at home. I don't, I don't want to make a prediction because my brain and my heart is telling me. I think we we should win, but then the other half of me is saying, "This is Stoke we're talking about." So, so I'm not too sure. I'd like to say maybe a, maybe a two nil, three one win again, but uh, I don't know. And then I don't want to say it out loud, but I think if we do beat Forest and we're going to get a result against Fulham, we I think we're really up there for getting something out of this season but and I've known not to get my hopes up just yet Thank you to Harvey there yeah great bit of analysis there and yeah I, I agree with what I said I'm loving the Brown Surridge partnership up front uh, Mark what, what about yourself? Yeah no they look really good mate I think obviously O'Neill tried the Surridge and Fletcher combo the other day didn't he and uh, didn't quite work as well so I think yeah again Surridge is great at holding that ball up. Um, as you pointed out on the last podcast, mate, I mean, Brown seems to have bulked up. He's he's running around like a headless chicken. He's 
he's a different again a, a bit more of a, an improved a bit of a different player than last season you know he had a good end to the season but he really is coming on leaps and bounds so I mean mate when you, when you think about this team we've got we've got Tyrese Campbell to come back yet I mean yeah. this is like scary attacking options and I mean scary for the opposition I mean it's great for us I mean when the hell was the last time we had a potential strike force like we've got with a potentially a very good midfield with Mario and you know yeah Joe Allen and Lucas can obviously always come in with goals and yeah that's just instantly the ones come to mind I mean we're going to get goals obviously from defence by the looks of it so it's looking really good but I think one thing that that Harvey well, several things that Harvey kind of pulled out really I mean fluidity he's spot on that, that that passing play that we all remember with must have been I mean they said twenty. Um, kind of passes on online, which was completely wrong. It was more like 40, to be honest. Absolutely amazing. Front to back and Stoke fans away going, ole, ole, as, as we're going back. And it's, it really was. I mean, we, we've we not had that type of play for a long, long time. And if we can keep that fluidity going, um, brilliant. And again, he, he said about the 3-1 and we're never feeling comfortable, mate. Um, I'm sure you'd agree with me. No Stoke fans comfortable even at 5-0, are we? There's always... That that goal goes in against you, and all of a sudden it's like we're going to sit back now and we're going to go and concede another four. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that's every fan gets that, but it just feels like just us Stoke fans have got that to worry about. Yeah, I remember the FA Cup semi final and at half time being, well, if we've just done that in the first half, Bolton could do that in the second. <laughs> <laughs> they were dreadful that day. It, it was only the, when the fifth goal went in, I was like, yeah, I'm happy now. But yeah, I think that's good. <laughs> we're good. Um, but yeah, do you know what I think? The last ten minutes, we we were so good at pressing, we pressed so hard, we pushed, we forced mistakes, and we did it for like seventy five, eighty minutes. I think the tanks were just running a bit empty in the last ten minutes, and it was good the fact that we were three goals up because yeah, they got one and they did they did sort of push for another, but I think the, the, you know the, the lads they dropped a bit, they dropped in a bit. And their energy levels dropped in that, but I think you know that'll probably come with another couple, two, three games as well. But if we play with that intensity, there aren't many championship clubs and championship players who will enjoy, you know, having being on the ball and having that kind of constant pressure every time the ball comes near them. No, I don't think so, mate. And and I know that you know. We, we we talked about another player then just briefly as well, like Joe Allen, um, and I'm quite keen to get your thoughts on this because we've we've all seen that Joe gets a, a bit of a rough ride at times, um, and he's again I've seen so many posts, not so much against Swansea. I think he's been, um, I thought he was had a relatively decent enough game, nothing special, but but did enough. But he's been receiving quite a bit of abuse this season already after three matches. Um, I mean, do you think it's personally justified at all, Dan, or do you think this is a little bit? OTT because for me he, he's been out injured for a long long time and he's got a new midfield around him I personally think he needs more time and he needs more patience but um, am I misconstruing the thoughts of other people but it seems to be that way to me Right I was, I've was i always been a fan of Joe Allen I did lose a bit of respect for him a couple of years ago when you know when he cupped his ears to the crowd yeah. yeah I did think that was a bit uncalled for um, you know we were a solid ninth in the Premier League, maybe three years running when he joined. And I think we've declined year on year while he's been there. But I don't think he is technically the cause of that decline. He just is sort of guilty by association. Yeah. 
people looking that you when it's when you came that that in fact didn't he score the winning penalty in that League Cup semi final <laughs> shootout? <laughs> so he literally did start the decline. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I'd say that um, I, I think we should all blame Charlie Adam for for our relegation and our um, immediate decline after that. To be honest, yeah. he could, he wish he could have backed the truck up quicker than he could have got to that rebound on the off penalty. But oh, there's Brighton. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never but, mind. That is a totally different conversation. But yeah, but as as, as for John, like I said, I've always I've always been a fan. I've always stuck up for him and that. But like you said, he's just he's coming off the back of a major injury and. People sort of forget this something. It doesn't, as he was probably getting into his stride at the end of last season, he sort of had that break again. And then he's obviously gone play for Wales. So, you know, it, it just it takes time and you've got to have patience with people. And whilst we are doing well, I think you are, we should be allowing him patience. If, yeah. you know, if, we were, if we'd started badly, then, you know, there probably would be more calls for. For him to you know, take him out the team, whatever. But I don't think he's been playing that badly. I think, I no, think, I don't, I don't think so. I, th- I think being the worst player in a, in a team that are playing very well, or not even say he is the worst, but if that's what you know people's opinion is, or you're the weak, the weak link in a team that's doing very well, is a bit different to being the the weaker link in a team that is struggling. Into yeah, absolutely, mate. But I think that let's not. Um... Obviously, dwell on any any weaknesses so far, but because as you rightly point out, I mean, we we'd have to be some really harsh Stoke fans to find some faults so far this season. So, um, absolutely, um, Joe, keep up the uh, the hard work, mate, and and hopefully, yeah. hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll you know what going. you're going to get. You know, you're always going to get 100 percent from Joe Allen. That's the thing, and so you always, and you know, he's being asked to play a position that's probably not natural to him anyway. Yeah. Um, and whether that's you know. It, is that that's not his fault that he's been asked to play there? Um, but what I will say as well is every manager that's come into the club, and we've had quite a few recently, <laughs> they've they've all played him. They've all had him as probably the first name on the team sheets, yeah. and that that probably says something. It's not as if they've all played him because there's nobody else. They, you know, they could have. There's been plenty of opportunities where they could have, you know touted him around for transfer and somebody would have quite happily take, you know, taken him in the Premier League when we were relegated and that, especially after that first yeah. season, I'm sure, he, you know, if the club were to make him available, I'm sure somebody would have come in, but every manager that's been there, whether they, whether it be Hughes, Lambert, Rowett, Jones and O'Neill, O'Neill's made him captain, you know, they've all, they've all said, no, you, I want you here, Joe, uh, so that, you know, I think, you know, that, that must stand for something. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the fa- the final comment to make on this, I think partly what it may have been as well is about Joe Allen getting a uh, getting his Premier League wages when all that palaver was going on with Bauer. And, you know, there was a few players which obviously caused a lot of stink um, in the camp, which as it would, about players retaining their Premier League salaries and everyone else taking a 50% drop. But I think some fans somehow blame Joe for that as well. But, you know, what, whatever. We'll, we'll leave that one there and we'll go on to, to kind of finish off the uh, the Swansea kind of overview. So just a few kind of game stats. Um, Possession-wise, we had 36% uh, possession to their 64%. Um, definitely that was impacted by second half because we were all over and we dominated that first half. So, 
Um, yeah, I thought we, I, I think we had more than that, but clearly we didn't. Uh, we had 12 shots um, to their nine, and we had five on target to their three. Um, and, you know, I think importantly for me, we did the damage in the first half, which meant that we could let them have more possession and we just managed the game out from there. Um, again, we are obviously very, very confident um, in everything that we do in, in defence. So that's probably very good game management. Go in the game. Yeah, take the, you know, your foot off the gas a little bit um, and, and go from there. In terms of the uh, the poll results as well, so a, again, for anyone who's new listening, every single week we put polls up again on the Twitter page. So again, every step along uh, on the Twitter. Um, and this week we gave the options of Tymon, Brown and Ostigard uh, for Man of the Match. So uh, thank you everyone who voted there. So it was actually very, very close. I don't think there'll be a big shock here. So Josh Tymon won it with 41%. Um, and then we had... Um, <laughs> Believe it or not, we had about 30% each for, for kind of Brown and Ostergaard there or thereabouts. So uh, very, very close. I'd say that if you could do it as a three-way um, man of the match, I'm pretty sure we'd give it to all them three anyway. Um, so again, thanks to everyone who's done that. Really appreciate it. Uh, and I've got an extra thought as well that came through. So Eddie Millington on Twitter uh, messaged us last night, Dan. He thought that Sam Klukas was, was his man of the match. Um, Partly for the celebration, which uh, we all very, very much enjoyed. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he, his comment was that he, he thought Klukas allowed the midfield to click. Um, I think he's got a bit of a point, don't you? Yeah, to be honest, uh, I've said this for a long time. When people, when people were saying last season about you know how much we were struggling creating and that, and uh, I'd, I'd sort of watched. I think the club had put some like Sam Klukas's goals from the season before when he was top scorer. Uh, they put into a video, and I watched. I watched them back, and I thought, Do you know, what was quite evident was he was the one taking the ball from the defence, and then playing it out wide or playing it into the midfield, and then carrying on. And then he, he sort of maybe he, maybe he would pick the ball up again in the midfield, knock it off again, and the, but then he'd be getting into the box. And I thought, Do you know what, I, him not being there last season, to me, what even just watching that video there, but. That could be a vital, vital piece of that side that was missing last, you know, in last season because he was injured fronty for a long time last season. Yeah. And I think that was the input. We didn't have anybody just to just to connect the dots in the midfield. Do you know what I mean just just keep that ball moving and getting it forward? And it's a job, really. That it's sort of, to be honest, I'd, until I'd seen that, I didn't, I didn't really notice that that's what he was doing. Isn't that what the likes of um, you know Whelan used to do though? A bit, I suppose, a bit more in the defensive mindset. But he he would always go under the radar. Every now and then he would pop up with a goal, but no one had really noticed him very much until you really analysed what he did. Yeah, exactly. He would he would be sort of the base, wouldn't he? The base that everything started from. Right, he's got the ball, and then he would just, he would decide right, okay, we'll give it to the right back. The right back can start this attack. We'll give it to. You know, you give it to Stephen and Zonzi, he can start this attack, and that's and that was sort of what Clickers was doing. He was going because obviously the defence now is different as well. I mean, back then we it was like a Danny Bart, Bruno Martins, and maybe Ryan Shawcross. He'd go up to him and say, "Right, you give me the ball, turn right, pop it into Joe Allen, pop it off to the left back, you know, switch it to the right, and then he'd get himself thirty yards up the field, maybe take the ball again, knock it off into the strikers, carry on his run." You know, that kind of, and I thought without that, who's actually doing that job? Who's taking the ball off? Who's giving the defence an option? Who's then who's then making that run forward and giving the midfield an option to play that ball further forward? Yeah. With, 
and I think, like you say, it's it's that kind of movement that that's vital to a team. And yeah, I do, I, I do like Sam Clifford as a player. And I think he's he, he he took a bit of time to grow. I mean, when he first came, um, but yeah, I do. I, do yeah, I think we missed him a lot last season, and I'm glad he's back in the team now. But he's got he's when everybody's fit, there's a lot of competition in that midfield, and a lot of players I would I'd like to see in there. So <laughs> it's uh, it's all go bode well. It does, mate. And funny you should actually mention that. Uh, let's um, put the uh, Swansea game to bed. Uh, let's go straight on to uh, this week's kind of transfer rumours and also a key lever um, that's uh, left the Potters. Yes, so we'll, we'll concentrate on people coming in. Uh, so we haven't actually had any new signings this week, uh, but I'm sure the uh, you know Michael O'Neill's busy, busy making phone calls and uh, trying to get another couple through the door. He has stated it's a defensive midfielder and a right back is interesting, or right wing back, which is good news. And uh, we, we mentioned last time that Roman Sawyers had been linked. I know he was left out of the West Brom squad, wasn't he? But we, that, that seems to have gone very quiet. I've sort of been looking around, but I haven't seen anything in the past week to see he's going Stoke, but also I haven't seen him going anywhere else either. Um, so whether that's been done on the quiet and will it'll be announced, uh, like a couple of the transfers have this this summer, we'll see. Um, and I don't know about you, mate, but I've not seen any other rumours. I think it's been really quiet recently. I mean, again, I know that they are looking at a, a couple of lone um, right wing backs again from the Premier League. I think one of them, I believe, plays for Spurs. Um, but other than that, I can't say I've seen anything else really mentioned, to be honest. Uh, no, I think it's, it's all gone very quiet. But then I think if you do look at, say, Ostergaard, um, Wilmot, yeah, they, they, they came in, didn't they, with little fanfare before, and it was, they weren't sort of drawn out transfers. So yeah. we saw, you know, even like Vrancic, he was just, he was there. <laughs> it's like, oh, right, okay. Um, so gone, gone are the, the days of uh, Denver Bar and three weeks, <laughs> three week medicals and that. God, I remember, I remember the whole Denver Bar scenario though. Cause, uh, from from what I, I was told, and I can't remember who told me this, but um, we we even took Denver Bar's passport off him and didn't uh, refuse to give it him back, um, or something like that, when he was down with us at one point. I'm not quite sure why we did that, but um, apparently that was actually quite close to the truth. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm obviously clearly left, so he got it back, but I thought that was quite interesting. But yeah, Chris, we've, we've moved on since then, thank God. Um, was that, was that um, Tony Pulis slash Skulls, whoever was doing that, was taking a taking a Brian Clough. Oh, that, that's a Pulis <laughs> thing, isn't it? Hundred yeah. percent, that's a Pulis thing. That's um, that, that's a Brian Clough sort of thing he's landing from there, isn't it? It's <laughs> gone gone down that road, gone down that road with that. Um, <laughs> that's a brilliant story. I love that. <laughs> Um, and how about um, an interesting one, mate? And I'll, I mean, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on on, on this one. Um, James McLean finally gone. And I say finally, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way, by the way. So I'll, I'll probably reword that in a way. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think I understand what you were saying. There. I think a lot of a lot of state fans would as well. I think it's just it's one of them for me. I mean, in terms, I've got quite a lot to say on James McLean, and um, I think he's had some really good seasons and he's had some very average seasons, and you know, hence, Chris. I mean, most players in, in the championship have seasons like that. But um, I mean, like I say the other season he he was really good for us. I remember, you know, it was fundamental to our kind of style of play. And um, I think the problem with James 
is that he really let his actions off the kind of pitch, force his way out the door. And I don't know whether it was an intentional thing and he's had a falling out somewhere else, but and I'm not talking about the poppy scenario. That's that that's different. I'm more talking about the the balaclava scenario on Instagram and you know tweeting about I think what was it now the the, the Wigan chairman I think come out with a saying and he was putting that on his on his Instagram like three or four days before anything had even been done. It's just a I don't know. In my opinion, it comes across a bit of a lack of respect. Now, whether he means it like that or he's just winding people up, which, I mean, again, is that right thing to do? That's personal opinion. But, you know, for me, he's controversy has always followed him around. I think the whole poppy scenario is ridiculous. He has the right to wear one or not wear one. That is totally down to him. I'm not going to get into that conversation. But I just think he's almost forced his way out of the club and he's going to end up leaving with... A lot of noise behind him, and hopefully the Wigan fans will will give him the support. I do wish him well at Wigan. I think we'll be better off without the noise that he creates, 100%. But I'm not so sorry to see him go, to be honest. So a bit of a long-winded way of answering that uh, and giving my opinions. But yeah, without going to too much, I'd say that's that's my general opinion on McLean. And yeah, you're pretty much bob on for where I feel there as well. On the field... Effort-wise, can't fault him. You knew you would you, you get every last ounce. And I think if you remember back to the Sheffield Wednesday game on Boxing Day a couple of years ago, and you remember we scored those two goals late on, didn't we, from his corners? And you just remember seeing him sort of nearly doubled over because he was that exhausted, putting them corners in. And you knew you'd get that from James McLean. Now, is the poppy stuff, I couldn't care less about. You know, why you said, like you said there, if he chooses his, you know, his religious beliefs, his political beliefs, whatever, there is, he's entitled to them. Yeah, you know, they might differ from a lot of people's in Stoke or they might not. It doesn't really matter. What matters is what he does on the pitch and how he behaves himself. You know, you were not bringing the club into disrepute. Now, he's been winding people up all, all summer, but at the same time, Again, he might just be doing it because he knows he gets a rise out of people uh, and he knows how easily wound up some people can get around him. And so, you know, he wears like a Germany shirt and whatever. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's just, he, he'll probably just say, yeah, if, you, if you've got his lot, it's banter or whatever, wouldn't you? What's your problem? Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, on the, on the pitch, I think he's the perfect play we needed when we were stuck at the bottom of the league because he would put all that effort in and he would make sure other people pick their game up and he was perfect for that scenario I just don't think he's good enough if you want to go and you know, finish in the top six in this division I don't think he's I don't that's that was my problem with him I didn't think he's actually good enough and the amount of times I've sat and I've watched you and you want and you can see you see him down the left wing and he sort of beats a man and you think put the ball in and then he'll stop and go again, and, and you just, oh, just frustrating. <laughs> I just put yeah. the ball in. What are you doing? Why are we, you doing without throwing him? Without throwing yeah. him, though, haven't we? If you think about, yeah, yeah, Dan. If you think about the formation now, he's no left wing back. So without throwing no. him, uh, and it's again, it's as you said, spot on. He did a job at the time we needed him to do, to do a job. We no longer need him to do that job. Um, so I don't know what deal we've probably done to get rid of him. I would imagine if he's gone to Wigan. We are probably still paying or have paid him a chunk of money to get him off the books. I'm sure we probably have. 
because he's not yeah, going to be on the same money up again, is he? No, not at all. Um, no, and I mean he's even he even donated money to to saving that club, didn't he? Uh, yeah. Last year as well. Um, so he's obviously got a big affiliation with them. It's funny you mention that actually, mate, because um, uh, we had a, a, a Wigan fan uh, very kindly send this uh, over to us. So thank you uh, very much for, for this. So let's just have a quick chat on what he had to say. Um, again, he gives some very interesting thoughts, uh, maybe uh, very, very much in terms of how he thinks he'll be received anyway um, at Wigan. So at the moment, I feel like left back is something we're lacking in depth. Um, Tom Pierce is currently struggling with an ankle injury. Luke Robinson's a, a young lad. He's got a good future with the club, but if there's anything that we can take from last season, it's that the youngsters need to be looked after, not relied on every week. Uh, it can lead to injuries, something that, again, last season we really struggled with, losing the likes of Kyle Joseph. Um, but McLean's a big character and his personal beliefs have followed him pretty much everywhere he's gone. But just because he's in the spotlight doesn't give anyone the reason to, to judge him. So when he was up with them last time, he won fans player of the year, which shows how much the fans loved him, how much he actually put it out there for the club on the pitch. Um, obviously, when we were going through the tough times, well, he actually donated 5,000 to the club when we needed it most, something that he didn't necessarily have to do. He just decided to do it off his own back. Um, and obviously, many fans say that Wigan's like a mafia, so once you're in, you don't get out. And I feel like he fits in quite nicely with everything that he's done for us in the past. Uh, he's definitely going to bring some experience to the players. He's got the quality. I think he could still potentially do a job for people in the Championship, but clubs aren't willing to take a risk because of his age or the, wage, uh, the wages that he's beyond. So I just see it as a massive game for us where he can help the likes of Luke Robinson, Tom Pearce become better players, give them competition for the starting, uh, starting 11 as well. But I don't think he's going to play higher up the pitch just because his pace isn't there like it used to be. Uh, but from set pieces or when he's in space to whip a delivery, his end products is, is it brilliant. It's going to be important for the likes of Charlie Wyke and Humphreys this season. Um, but as I said, he always gives everything on the field. More leaders are needed as, as well as what happened last year or over the last 18 months. So he'll be a great mentor for the lads, really. And expect him to be welcomed back with open arms by the fans as well. Lovely. Well, thanks to uh, Tom Kilgore on, uh, on Twitter. Thank you very much, mate, for sending that in that audio. Um, and some some interesting comments, I thought, Dan. I mean, again, uh, we, we've moved on, but it sounds like he might be exactly what they're looking for anyway. Yeah, I mean, um, it sounds like a similar situation to us, though. We've got like a quite young side there and just need you know, a couple of older heads sort of in the team just to guide them through because you do need that blend, don't you? And, I say hopefully he'll go and do a job there. I mean, he's, what they're asking him to do is probably similar to sort of Joe Allen and Sam Lucas on this side. I mean, if you look, look on Saturday, it's going to be a lot of youngsters. You know, there's a lot of youngsters in our side now, especially like, I mean, Powell's not old, but <laughs> Jordan Thompson's, you know, two, three years younger than him. Sort of Allen and Lucas, that's the sort of role that we're that he's going to be playing there, just seeing him through. And that I think he'll... James McLean would love that as well, I think, to say that, you know, you've, you're in charge of developing these youngsters and bringing them on for this club, especially if it's a club like that. that he's, he, obviously loves the, he obviously loves Wigan Athletic. Yeah, uh, and it sounds like they love him, in fairness, mate. From, yeah. From what it's like. So I think it's, it, as you said, I think it's the right match for him. I think at this stage in his career, that's what he needs. 
yeah, especially like at this stage, it's twilight of his career. It, I think that this is um, that's the move that he needs. And he'll, be, he'll probably finish his time, I imagine, with Wigan. I think that's probably him done. Um, so, yeah, again, thank you very much for Tom uh, for sending that in. So um, let's look ahead to, to Notts Forest this weekend then. So um, I mean, I'll just look at the head-to-head. Uh, obviously, every week I like to try and give some stats. So let's have a quick look. In our last seven fixtures versus Forest, uh, we've actually, to be honest, mate, we've got quite an average record. Uh, I think we've won two, drawn, drawn three and lost two. Uh, I think we drew 1-1 at home last season, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we actually last beat them at the Bet365 in 2019. Uh, the last win prior to that. Now, I'm actually not going to give you the answer. What do you think our last win versus Forest was prior to that? Home or away? Right, well, they were in the Premier League, really, so... No. Uh, think, hold on, let me give you help. Think last, last day of the season. Think that way. Last day of the season? I'm pretty sure it was the last day. At the Bet365, is this? No, this is it there at, uh, at the City Ground, I think. Oh, the last, oh yes, I remember we beat them 4-1, didn't we? And Josh, Josh Tyman had a cracking game that day as well. <laughs> he, he did, but yes, we, we beat them 4-1. Uh, it was that crazy night where there was an eight-goal swing, and funny enough, I think it was Swansea, wasn't I, it? Um, it where was... Swansea snuck into the playoffs, and I was just here just laughing my head off. I could not believe an eight-goal <laughs> swing. They'd scored four. Uh, I think Swansea had to, to get them in there. We'd scored four or, or whatever it was um, to come up with the goal difference was. But either way, us scoring four and them scoring four got them into the playoff and dropped Nottingham out. And we, I mean, it was at the end of the game. We were, I said, we were clearly 3 1. It was the last minute of the game. And we just broke on them, didn't we? Crossed the ball yeah. and put it in. Was it an own goal, actually, in the end? Tom Ince crossed it, it in there and put it in there. Yeah, because there was somebody on the waiting for a tap in. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, the defenders sort of slid in and. He sort of had nowhere to go, didn't he? he? Just sort of knocked into his own net. <laughs> that was an absolutely incredible performance, but it was just no one saw it coming because they were in the playoffs, weren't they? They, they were they were as good as is in them. You know, they were, they were ready for, to to start the the knockout stages practically. Yeah. But um, yeah, great great night. That was a brilliant night. That was. Um, yeah, that, that was um, that was after the, that was uh, project restart, wasn't it? That was that was the, the end of that season. Yeah, absolutely, mate. And I mean, obviously, as we stand right now, I mean, obviously, we're we're joint top uh, with with obviously Fulham. A uh, goal difference only separating us. I mean, obviously, we played three, one, two, and drew one, so we can't argue about that. And and Forest have have lost all three of their opening games. I mean, they're again they're sitting uh, sitting sitting second second bottom. Bloody hell, I'll get my words at some point. Sitting <laughs> there's two of the S's there. This season, they're sitting second bottom um, from the table, just on the goal difference and. I don't know about you, mate. I mean, we we all know Stoke. When things are looking good in our favour, we in theory, with those stats you're going right, we're clearly going to beat them at the weekend. But we know that the um, the charity that is Stoke City FC uh, are very much uh, prone to, to giving it away. And and Big Man Small Planet on Twitter reminded me, actually, just before this, uh, not to get too carried away because this is Stoke City. And I think he's got a very, very good uh, point. It's, it's just it's just hard not to when we're in this type of form and Luke's so good. Yeah. yeah. The, um, <laughs> there is many times when we've gone to the game thinking, you know what? This should be comfortable today. And we've left it 10 to 5. Uh, how did we not even, how did we not win that game or... What's happened to us? Where you know we've not turned up. Um, yeah, we, there's been plenty. Being a Stoke fan is full of them, isn't it? Full of those days. Um, it is, mate. 
<laughs> we, we know it too well. We're never ever comfortable. Don't care if it's three one or five one, like we said earlier. We're never comfortable, are we? No, I mean, I think Forest have lost. They've lost all three games in the league this year, but they've lost them all by two goals to one. Uh, and just, I mean, they conceded a late goal tonight, and it was eighty six minutes um, because they lost that game. Mm-hmm. So it's. Yeah, that might just knock them a bit as well. Just you know, knock a bit more confidence out of them. They've lost in the last minutes, so yeah, I think I mean, they've lost to Bournemouth the week before, and they were only playing against ten men that day as well. And I yeah. think Coventry, Coventry beat them in the ninety-sixth minute. <laughs> they were the opening day of the season, so there's yeah, there's, there's three three close defeats, but three defeats that will just chip away at the confidence for them. We have got a good side. We're playing well. In theory, I, yeah, like like we just said there, we should we should be going into this game looking to comfortably win it. Yeah, we, we should we should do, mate. I mean, whereas as I said, whether we do or not is a is a different thing, which is where we were coming back to the whole patience if we don't win at the weekend type scenario. Yeah. Um, so I think you know we we again we we really appreciate it. So Tom from the uh, 1865 Knotts Forest podcast has kindly gone in touch with us as well. Um, so he's given his thoughts on the weekend's game. Uh, let's have a quick look uh, at what is he, he has had to say. I'm Tom Newton from the 1865 Nottingham Forest podcast. My predictions for um, Saturday's game will be, um, I'm going to say 1-1. One, one. Um, our record at Stoke hasn't been too bad in recent seasons, where um, we got 1-1 one, one last season and the season before that under Sabri Lamucci, we won 3-2, which uh, for a short period uh, put us top of the championship. Um, we will play... 4-2-3-1 with two holding midfielders. We've played it for the last couple of seasons and we do not move from that um, formation. We're pretty rigid in that aspect and not really that flexible. And the two holding midfielders will be uh, Jack Colback and Ryan Yates, who they're all right, but they, they don't really offer much more than that in an attacking threat. And the two players I would say to look out for are Brennan Johnson, who on the back of a decent loan spell at Lincoln City last year has come into the side and who's done reasonably well. And on loan Watford midfielder, Philip Zinkenargon, who had a decent game on Saturday against Bournemouth, where um, we lost 2-1. Um, we've started pretty poorly, in my view, um, this season. Um, we lost in the last minute against um, Coventry um, a couple of weeks ago, and we lost 2-1 again on Saturday against 10 men Bournemouth, where they were reduced 10 men for um, a good 30 minutes and we couldn't break them down. So, um, yeah, hopefully it's going to be a decent game on Saturday. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, it'd be nice to get at least a point on the board um, because we play Derby the week after. And uh, I just hope um, we start picking up points because the pressure's really going to uh, increase on Chris Hewton if um, we get off to a relatively poor start. So I won't be at the game on Saturday, but um, for everybody who's going to the game, enjoy it and um, hopefully it'll be a good match. Cheers, then, Tom. Thanks for appreciate that, mate. Um, and if anyone is obviously a Forest fan listening, uh, we hope you don't mind too much about how we've talked about you tonight. So we we appreciate we do it with the utmost respect. But Tom from the eighteen sixty five Forest podcast, thanks very much, mate. Um, Dan. So uh, his prediction is one uh, one of the weekend, mate. Uh, I think you hope not, but what's your thoughts? <laughs> well, yeah, I think I think they would take one one, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, I, I I see us winning this game. Um, it's always a worry when we're too confident like we've just been saying that 
But yeah, even I think Nick Powell's going to be out in for a few weeks. I know we got we got stung on that last week, didn't we? Thinking Josh Tymon was going to be out with the the concussion protocols, but turns out uh, he didn't, didn't actually get didn't actually have concussion in the end. He was just suspected. But yeah, I think Nick Powell, by looks of it, is going to be out for a few weeks. So we are going to lose that. Hopefully, we can get Mario back in. Um, and I think that would, that would just help the midfield. He's sort of more of a like for like sort of person in the midfield if we can get Mario back in there. If not, the, I still think we've got enough. We've 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 got a lot of energy in that side. Uh, as long as the pressing didn't take too much out of them on Tuesday, I think we you know we should we should still uh, we'll have enough in the legs to to get over the line on Saturday. But yeah, he uh, he thinks one one. Well, I was listening to uh, Radio Five Live last night um, on after our game on Tuesday night, and uh, Lyle Taylor was on there. Obviously, Nottingham Forest striker. And he actually said, this is a sort of paraphrasing him here, for Stoke to go away from home to a difficult place in Swansea and win comprehensively, that's a worry for the rest of the league and we've got to play them on Saturday. Let's hope they've scored all their goals tonight. You don't want to be playing a team in that kind of formidable form. They look very strong. So uh, he's, he's obviously got his eye on, eye on us and a bit of a worry there for him. He then followed it up and asked him how they're going to approach the game with us being in such good form. And he said, uh, we'll have to go there aiming to draw nil-nil, but look to create a chance or two and uh, grab the win. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's uh, interesting that that's, that's how he sees it, you know, as the, as the away team coming to the 365. We, we were hoping to go under the radar for a bit this <laughs> season, weren't we? <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't sound like that's going to be happening. Um, <laughs> no. I don't know, mate. I mean, again, it's, it's personal opinion. I mean, that obviously shows us certainly a, a very good level of respect for Stoke, which is which, which is great. You know, he hasn't tried to you know step the knife or anything like that. He understands that we do look a good a good outfit. I just don't know if I if I'm a, a Notts Forest fan or even the manager or another teammate going there to say we're hoping for a nil nil. It's hardly inspiring confidence. I mean, maybe that's just where a couple of their players are at, and maybe he's just I don't know. Maybe just being respectful. I'm reading too much into it, but um, if, yeah, I mean, I, I know mean, if one of our players came out and said, "Oh, I'm hoping for nil nil at the weekend," I'd be like, "What? Really?" Yeah, so, I mean, it was interesting. He did he did follow it up actually and say that that's sort of like ninety odd percent of the time that's how you're approaching away game in this league. That teams, you know, most most weeks will turn up, aim to keep it tied, keep it nil nil, and and nick nick a win. So and then obviously they said like if you get nil nil at the end of the game you're happy with the point, and I thought well, that if he says you know that that's how a lot of teams go. I mean obviously footballers talk to each other and that, and it was interesting if that is actually the case that you know is a lot do a lot of teams turn up to games literally like yeah as long as we don't concede here we don't mind if we don't score point will do us you know is 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 that a common a common theme? It's interesting. Hmm. Well, time will tell, mate. Obviously, by the time people listen to this, it's either the the day before the match or the day of the match. Um, and I know, actually, strangely, we it's completely off topic, but we know that a lot of people actually listen to this after the match. Um, so uh, for those listening after the match, you already know the result and you know exactly we were all spot on and we've won 7-0. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, um, never mind. So, yeah, just kind of going on to the next uh, part, I guess, then, really, Dan. So... So, um, positions up for grabs, mate. What's your thoughts on the on the team and uh, and bits like that going into the weekend? 
Yeah, well, it, like I say, unfortunately, it does look like there's uh, one position that's definitely going to need to be filled, and that's obviously the the, the very big boots of um, the Super Nick Powell Championship top scorer. Uh, <clears throat> um, yeah. well, I don't yeah. think he is anymore. I swear someone's on three now. Oh, that's um, it was now. Ruined my night, that is. Sorry, yeah, he's no longer ready. I know what you mean, though, mate. But didn't um, didn't O'Neill say that he's actually not as bad as the first thought today? I swear I've read that on the in the Sentinel or something. Um, He's a doubt, but he's not necessarily out at this point. So that's great then, because the the first I think the first initial thoughts were it was going to be three to four weeks, was it? So that's fun. That's um, that's great news. (laughs) Hopefully, I've misread that. No, no, no. That I'm quite happy to go with that. And three to four weeks it sounds a long time in this league. That's about about eight games. In it. Whereas, uh, yeah, if he's if he's just a doubt for the weekend, hopefully we can sort of maybe get him back. Maybe get him back for either this weekend or next. But yeah, I if think... Powell's out though, mate, who are you playing if Powell's out though? I mean, you for me, you probably. I mean, I can give you my thoughts in a minute, but who who would you put in? I'm bringing Jordan Thompson in as the sitter in front of the defence and pushing Joe Allen further forward alongside Klukas. Great minds. OK, so, but that, that's interesting then. So does that mean that you're not bringing Mario back into the equation? If, well, if I'm, that, I'm, I'm working on the basis that Mario's not yet fit. And then if he is, and then I've got a massive smile because <laughs> I've not expected it. Rather than the you've, you've got to drop Lucas in that scenario, else. though. Um, you've got you've got to you've got to drop. I know it's harsh, but if it's a choice between you, Mario or, and, and him, I, I, it's Mario every time. Set pieces or, again. Or do we leave? Do we leave Joe Allen and do, not bring Thompson in and have Lucas and Vrancic with Allen but, behind them? Yeah, you could. It's a nice problem again. It's a nice problem to have. We can move this midfield around, and I don't think we we'll make us any weaker. In fairness, so. Um, yeah, I was going to say, because to be honest with you, my team is pretty much exactly the same. So I've gone for, for Bursic and Goal, Ostergaard, Suter and Wilmot, no big shock there. Uh, Timon and Smith, again, I don't know what it's going to take to get that defence moved around other than injuries. Um, and I've actually gone for what you said. I've got Thompson uh, in the defensive midfield with Allen pushing further forward alongside Mario. So I'm dropping Klukas regardless, as long as Mario's fit. Um, and uh, Surridge and Brown up front um, for me. So I think that is as strong as we pretty much can go at this particular point. But yeah, if Mario's not in, then I'll go with you on what you said, mate. But I think Mario yeah. will be back. I think we've just been extra careful with him. The other thing the other thing I, I uh, think might come into it, and obviously, I mean, Mark O'Neill will know this. He's, he's the one watching him training. Is, um depends how much Tuesday may have taken out the legs. And there's, if there's a few of them, you know, just flagging a bit, he may may just shuffle the pack a bit and bring, you know, maybe whether that's bringing Alf, Alfie Doughty in for Josh Time and just for, for for a game to, you know, give him some fresh legs or bring Fletcher back in up front and give Surrey to rest. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that you know they can't play three games in a week, but if you've got somebody who's just you know a bit sharper because they haven't had the got. You haven't been, you know, subject to the same amount of minutes in the last seven days or so. You'd be daft not to, you know, shake it up. Like I say, he'll know, he'll know from training, won't he? You'll you'll watch him, and he'll, you know, he'll, I'm sure he'll be across anything like that. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, and I mean, we've we've got obviously a good friend of the podcast, um, as well, uh, who's 
uh, obviously we've uh, we've worked with quite closely. Uh, so Ben from the YYY Files, I'm sure a lot of you have heard his podcast. So um, he's again kindly given us um, some audio uh, with obviously his thoughts on how the Swansea game went, but generally the the season so far. Um, Jacob Brown and a, a few other things as well. So thanks, Ben. Uh, let's get uh, a quick look at what he had to say. Hey up, guys. Ben here from fellow Stoke City podcast, The YYY Files. And I thought I'd drop a quick voice note because how well have we started this season? I mean, Swansea, for example, was an excellent win. How often do we start so well in away games this early on in a campaign? It's It's so refreshing to see. And I think players like Jacob Brown epitomise that for me. I, I mean, he showed signs of quality last season, but this season he's really stepped up and he's working hard and it's bearing fruit, real fruit, so far this season. And it's because of players like him, I'm looking forward to the Nottingham Forest game. I don't see how they could be effective with the strike force they have, so I think we'll keep a clean sheet. And I think we'll score goals. I'm going to go with a 3-0 victory and I can't see it going any other way. I'll be there at the game on Saturday and I can't see anything other than a Stoke City win and that is fantastic. Cheers Ben, much appreciated mate, always good to hear from you. Uh, so again Dan, there's a lot of things kind of covered in there about Jacob Brown and, and various things but um, what did you kind of take from what Ben had to say? It's all positive and it's, lo- it's fantastic, it's the first time in years that we everybody's sort of been positive about the club and we're really struggling to find any, any sort of negativity. Yeah, we've got a young, vibrant side. They're only going to get better. And, yeah, it's, it's great. Like I say, Ben's, Ben's felt the need to come on there now because the start we've had and how positive it is. And he, he just, you know, he wants to get out there and shout out, you know, about how great we are, you know, and get his thoughts across. And it's great. It's great to hear off any Stoke fans as well, just just, just how good it all is and how, how, how good we're all feeling at the minute. Um, the yeah. more we, the better. It's, it's a, yeah, it's, it's a great place to be. We're just going to keep this going now. Yeah, absolutely, man. The positive, positivity is, is amazing. I mean, obviously, no, as we know, we've got Forest at the weekend. I mean, after that, we've got Doncaster in the Cup. So that should be a nice, easy passage in theory to, to the third round. Um, obviously, I know we go way to Fulham. That's going to be a very, very tough match. But um, either way, if we just get through these next two league games, if we beat Forest, I'll take a point at Fulham. We may potentially lose because they are a very good team, but we'll discuss that for another day. But if you just look at the fixtures we've got after this, um, we're at home to Huddersfield after that one which is perfect. Home to Barnsley the week after. Away to Derby the week after. At home to Hull. Away to Preston. I mean, those six games there, I'd say we're fully capable of winning five of them. Huddersfield, Barnsley, Derby and Preston. Hull may be a bit more difficult, but you know, you never know with Hull. So if you look at those teams, mate, I mean, the start we've had, I never thought we'd have this many points. Um, because I thought this was a really tough start and these Huddersfield, Barnsley, etc., those are the games that we're going to actually make um, our points up. But if we can just get to Fulham with another win under the belt, we could really have some serious points come the middle of October. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, I mean, said to you didn't at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that if we can get to 10, 12 games in and you're in, you're in the mix, if you like, at the top of the league, then you sort of you're in it for the long run, and those fixtures give us a massive opportunity to stick around in the top six or eight in this league. And and, and like I say, if we can be there after twelve games, 
then usually that means you, you, you're there for maybe the majority of the season and, and you, you know, you're to be talked about as promotion candidates. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Because the the October isn't 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 great for us. I don't think. I mean, I'd say September's where we're going to get the points. When we've got West Brom, Sheffield United, and Bournemouth, literally sub- subsequently against. So that is, I mean, again, a way to Millwall. I mean, I know we're getting a bit of ahead of ourselves here, but uh, there are definitely patches, and we're going to see this throughout the season. There's runs of games we can we're going to have a bit of a battle on our hands. But to be honest, mate, Sheffield United were absolute disaster uh, tonight. They were they were dreadful. Uh, so who knows? They may not be as hard as we. In fact, they've got the, they've had the Stoke effect. You get relegated and you think you're great and you're actually not. Uh, so I think well, I've probably been very very harsh here. <laughs> if any Sheffield United fans or anyone listens back to this at some point, which I doubt very much they will, um, then I apologise. But yeah, they were absolutely disastrous tonight, mate. So yeah, interesting fixtures anyway. Yeah, so yeah, they are interesting. Like say, it gives us a massive opportunity. Sheffield United, uh, I think they scored a goal. Yeah, I think three games, uh, nope. is it one, one, a nil-nil draw, and two defeats. So yeah, it's um, very similar to like say when we when we got relegated, and maybe they're going to be that big scalp that every club raises their game. You know when they get there, and I think we we found out ourselves, didn't we, that we had once you've had that tough start as well. Not only are you the big scalp, you're the big name in the division, but teams also believe that they can beat you. So they want to beat you because you're the biggest, you're considered the big name and you've got all these Premier League or ex-Premier League players in your squad, but they also believe that they can go and beat you. (laughs) And that's a dangerous mix for a club to have week in, week out. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely, mate. 100%. So we'll, we'll certainly see there. I mean, again, if we get a decent points tally, I don't, I don't particularly care if we do have a few struggles uh, during that month. But um, so perfect. In terms of uh, obviously Forest, then we've, we've, uh, we've certainly looked at that quite extensively. So fingers crossed for, for three points. So again, we love a good poll, as you've probably figured out if you've been listening to this. So a uh, results prediction. Uh, again, we've uh, we kind of reached out to everyone, and to be fair, the the results surprised me a little bit. So we asked who'd win: Stoke, draw, or Forest. And naturally, uh, Stoke, of course, came out on top of that. So 61% of people thought that Stoke would win, uh, 11% thought we would draw, and then Forest have got 27%. Um, so I'm not sure if the hashtags uh, grabbed a few Forest fans in there, but I can't imagine many Stoke fans going for a Forest win. But maybe I don't know about you, Dan, but maybe it's the uh, the good old Stoke City charity that people have got in mind on that one. Yeah, I, th- I think that's 27% maybe of Stoke fans going, this is all going far too well. <laughs> <laughs> There's got to be a bump approaching in the road somewhere. There always is. But um, yes, hopefully we, uh, hopefully there isn't. They're not this weekend anyway. I think uh, I think I'm, I'm going to stick with the 60% who said Stoke win. And what scoreline are you going for, mate? I think it's going to be a nice 2-0 win. Yeah, 2-0. Job done. Clinical, simple. Get the job done. And relax for the last 10, 15 minutes. Goals. Goals are going to come from Surridge and I think Joe Allen. Joe Allen's going to get one today. Mm -hmm. Pushed a bit further forward with Thompson coming in. I think he's going to get himself in and around the boxing game and get himself a goal. Well, I've gone for a bit more, even more positive than that. Uh, I've gone for a 3-1 Stoke win, so I think we're going to uh, emulate what we did just the other night. 
Um, and it feels so weird thinking we're going to win again. But anyway, um, <laughs> 3-1. So I've gone for Surridge, Brown and Ostergaard um, again with the goals. Um, I think Surridge is, is due another one. He's come quite close. So, uh, yeah, really, really interesting to see how things pan out. Obviously, by the time that of next week comes, we'll, we'll know exactly how we've done and we'll probably be sitting top of the league and we can open the, the audio with we are top of the league. So uh, let's, let's keep positive. And the bit I've been waiting for, now anyone who tuned in last week uh, knows that I was absolutely demolished in the quiz. Uh, I really, really struggled with some questions. I think the only question you didn't ask me was what is the name of Peter Crouch's pet cat and what's his vet's name? I I can't believe you wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) I just shouldn't have chose Peter Crouch. But anyway, we asked everybody to vote again. What should I be quizzing Dan on this week? Now, the winning selection uh, was the basically just generally our Premier League years um, in whatever flavour that would come in. So, uh, Dan, these are much easier than you gave to me, mate. Um, so I'm setting you up for a fail straight away. Um, yeah, so three and a half you got, didn't you? Three and a half. Three and a half, mate, which is not going to be difficult to beat when I've been so kind to you on on these questions. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, well. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. So, question one. We're starting easy. In which year did we get promoted? This is easy, mate. Come on. We got promoted in 2008. Correct. Well done. Perfect. Again, I thought, thought, mate, I'm giving you an easy point here. Um, Okay, question two. Everyone will get these ones. So upon promotion to the Premier League for the first time, how many years had it been since we were... uh, Actually, how many years have we been absent from the top flat? 23. Oh, you've you've got my answers. Again, I told you (laughs) these are easy, mate. I've been too kind on you. Um, Okay, so this is a double one. Again, I'm sure you'll know this. Who did Stoke first play in the Premier League and what was the score? They played Bolton away and we lost 3-1. Ricardo Fuller scored off a Carl Dickinson cross right at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Love it, mate. Perfect. Three out of three. Young I, remember, I, remember, I remember walking walking out of that game and saying to my mate, let's just enjoy this year, whatever comes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good, happens. mate. It, it was, yeah, it was it was good, wasn't it? I mean, we 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 were way outplayed as well. We had a very poor team at that point, didn't we? But um, and then amazing. obviously Paddy Power paid out, didn't he? Yeah, it was it was amazing that I mean we brought Abdullah Faye, didn't we? Between that and the Aston Villa game, and that just seemed to just just everything just clicked. <laughs> it was like oh, brought Abdullah in, and everything's rosy now. That's <laughs> brilliant. Um, and uh, question four. So, who scored the first goal at the Bet365 after promotion? I'll point. Right. So, obviously, we know that Rick scored the second and Mama scored the third. Was it Liam Lawrence? Correct. How did he score? Penalty. Correct. Lovely, mate. I'm loving yeah. this. Four out of four. I told you they were easy. Um, okay. So, where did we finish in our first season in the top flight? And how many points did we have? We finished in 12th. Get off Google. <laughs> no, we're 46. You were close. I'm going to give you half a point since you were, you were close. So, um, yeah, so you basically got 45 points um, is what oh. we had. So um, I'm going to give you the half there, mate, since you were very kind and give me the half last week. So, um, okay, question six. After Stone made it into Europe, we finished second in the group stages. But can you name two of the teams that we played in the group stages? Um, 
Besitas, Dinamo Kiev, I think the other one. I think they, they were definitely two. The other one, and then we played Hadjik. Hadjik split was the first qualifier, wasn't it? Then two, and there was the other group stage. It was a bit, I know, because we got three big names, didn't we? Oh, it was the other one. <laughs> That's it. No, I'm not giving you more time now. You've had long enough. No, anyway. I think it was the, t- the other team I can't think of, but he was the guy who booted his. When the left back booted the line, <laughs> wasn't he? I was right in front of that. Yeah, it was brilliant. That was. It was Maccabi Tel Aviv. Maccabi, yeah, that's the one. So well done, mate. Again, another two absolutely brilliant. Um, and question seven, uh, and it's not going to be what Cole was turning Pulis's tracksuit like a joke earlier on. Uh, <laughs> so in 2013, Pulis was sat by Stoke, but what was his final fixture and what was the score? <laughs> He's tough. Nah, he was sacked at the end of the season, so on, he was like, it was like, yeah, the end was at the end of the season. <laughs> so, uh, 2013, I think, right, I'm going to say, I don't know if this was that year or the season before, I'm going to say, was it Wigan at home and did we lose 1 0? Unfortunately, mate, no, it was Southampton and we uh, drew 1 1. Right. Southampton away, I think it might have been, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it was Southampton ending one-one. Never mind. Um, yeah, because I think we played Spurs at home the game prior to that, and they, everyone got booed off. <laughs> I remember that one. Um, question eight. So, who was uh, Stoke's record sale in the Premier League, and what fee did he go for? Uh, Marco Arnautovic, twenty-three million pound. I'll give you it. Um, it's reported to 20 million, actually, but I'll give it to you, mate, because it's, you know, it's like transfer fees. So I'll give you that one. Yeah, yeah. no problem. Uh, you're doing ace here, mate. I'm, I'm certainly not going to beat this in future. So question nine. Uh, during Stokes game versus Everton at home in our relegation season, we lost 2-1 to Everton, which, funny enough, actually, was our highest ever attendance. Um, Charlie Adam <laughs> was sent off. Shock. Uh, but who did the referee, Martin Atkinson, originally book before realising his mistake? Oh, I've got no idea on this one. I'll give you a bit of help. It was chucking it down with snow. Chucking it down with snow. Charlie Adam, I take it it was a second yellow. It was, yeah. So, right, OK, so if it's Charlie, well, mind you, he could be anywhere on the pitch. Could he fouling people, come to kicking him? <laughs> I'll say... Joe Allen. No, it was Jordan Shakiri. Oh, accidentally okay. Shakiri. Um, I, I vaguely build. remember it. <laughs> yeah. build. Maybe one's more muscular than the other, but yeah, similar. <laughs> and I, I thought I'd finish you off with this one because I know he's your favourite player, and I thought, well, if I can, if I can get him to get this one wrong, then at least I finish off embarrassing him. So let's see. <laughs> Question ten. Ricardo Fuller is a cult hero, as we all know. But how many games did he play for the club and how many goals did he score? Now, this is all-time, not just in the Premier League, all-time. OK, he scored 50 goals, if I'm not, correct, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So I'm going to take your first answer, and that's incorrect. Oh, no. Well, how many uh, goals game, do you think he... Games-wise, starts and sub all competitions. Mm-hmm. Ricardo played... 208. Not too far away, mate. I can't give you that because it's quite far away, but 182 games. Okay. Um, and he scored 43 goals. 
Hooray. Okay. That's not bad. It's the same as um, Johnny Walters got in the Premier League that we said last week, wasn't it? Yeah, I didn't realise he got that many. Um, so Walters was even better than we thought. Um, yeah. He's always a good player anyway. <laughs> uh, so you got a grand total of six and a half points. So uh, a little mini clap uh, for you on this side of the, the screen, mate. So well done. Lovely. Oh, well, um, we'll put another poll out. Um, so, Dan, you're going to go again next week because I can't be embarrassed uh, again. So uh, I'll put a poll out. Whoever obviously votes, please get your votes in. Um, I'll make it something a bit harder this time. I wanted to, you know, not do what he did to me and embarrass me. I wanted to at least give him a bit of, you know, uh, street cred. Um, so, yeah, please leave your votes. Um, thank you to everybody who's obviously joined us this week. As always, uh, we'll be back um, every single week, Fridays at around 7 a.m., it will go live so make sure you share it with your friends uh you know family uh, remember again to uh obviously follow us on on uh, twitter um and hopefully we'll uh, see you all uh, next week is there any final comments from yourself dan uh, go on stoke the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.